Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network and live from Blackbird Studios and the Blackbird Academy inside Studio G. The man who makes it all happen is here with us as well, John McBride, uh, who has been a godsend to us. He is one of the best dudes on the planet. And uh, our relationship started whenever Martina McBride made us cookies and we did a live show uh, just across the hall. And those best cookies on earth. Uh, hit off a great relationship and John said hey while you're building a new studio with Outkick and Outkick 360 why don't you do your show here and I I said uh, we'd love that are you are you serious you'd let us do it and here we are six months later uh, and our final week sitting here in Studio G because we're about to make some announcements and move to a studio next week um, John thank you that, I want to start by saying thank you well I'll say thank you because the longer you live, the more you want to be around people you enjoy being around. And when I run into great people, except for Chad, yeah. <laughs> you know I'm kidding. I'll, I'll uh, go in the other room for the rest <laughs> of this <stuff. laughs> just, just to make everybody comfortable. No, when you, when you get around great people, you want them in your life. And I thought, what a wonderful just energy that you guys bring to this place, and you do. We and I love that. Can, can I do yeah. something quickly? I want to remove the enemies list from behind John. Yeah, shot, simply yeah, sure. because uh, John is on the eternal <laughs> friends <laughs> list at this point, yes. and we don't have a friends list yet. So, <laughs> just for the sake of the shot behind him, our Good enemies call. list of Outkick. Yeah, I want to move out of the way. I'll end that just there. And here, take Cactus Jack also. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Throw uh, him thank away. you, Sarah. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, Good hands. You opened Blackbird in 2002, right? Yes. yes. What was here before Blackbird? Like, why? Why get into the business you were in for the studio aspect of things? Because this is the not just a preeminent studio in Nashville. This is a preeminent studio. Period. It what is. What you built. It is. And I'm, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm such an emotional cripple. I had to build a place. I'm a competitive guy. Yeah. And I did not want. I got tired of L.A. and New York kind of treating Nashville like a redheaded stepchild, you know, that gets on my nerves. Because we have an incre incredible talent here. So many people from LA and New York are moving here, by the way, and have been for the Well, last. they're not flying here to record here. Well, yeah, that happens too, sure. We get bands from all over the world and different parts of the country. We did a South Korean punk band for three months. You know, I'm going, how did you even hear of us? You know, they have one interpreter, thank God. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it, it's funny. We, we've done probably 10 or 15 Swedish bands. Yeah. From Ghost, who's crazy, to... Um, Jacob Swanson, by the way, very excited to hear about the Swedish death metal. Yeah. Uh, that's been recorded here because oh, that's yeah. one of his favorite genres. Yeah. So he's excited to hear about Ghost. Well, let me tell you, Ghost could be us four. Because they wear these things on stage where you can't see them, you know. 
what they really look like. Well, and, and it could have been us for us. It really could. <laughs> my yeah. third career. You know? what, what made you fall in love with audio? Because it's, it's audio specific for you. The Beatles, I think, was what was the initial trigger. I end up naming the studio after a Beatles song. I just, that music hit me in the DNA is how I describe it. And I, um, I uh, fell in love with the Beatles. That's me FaceTiming you. Oh, it's McCart Paul McCartney, yeah. <laughs> it's well, I'll call him back. <laughs> and uh, I fell in love with that music and I grew up in Kansas. So, you know, it was not the cultural center of the universe. But this music just changed my life and I had to have it and I fell in love with it and I mean I'd get jobs mowing lawns so that I could go buy more records, you know, or shoveling snow or whatever you had to do because yeah. I love records so and I love listening. So incredible list of people that you have on the website who have recorded here. Yes. I don't think uh, any of the Beatles are on there, but Keith Richards yeah. is on You're there. Right. Yeah. So uh, we've got this thing where we've sat with you for hours at a time and just thrown names at you. You have Keith Richards stories from his time here? Well, you know, because everybody thinks Keith Richards crazy. That's where uh, you give him the space. Formaldehyde you know? in his veins. <laughs> <laughs> right. He is a great guy. You know, I've, I've only met him a couple of times, but wonderful guy. Makes you feel right at home. You know, he's cool, too cool for school always. You know, I mean, he just is. But he's a stone, you know. Did I he mean, do one of his solo records here? You know what? I don't even know. I was on the road when he came here. And um, I'm not even sure what project. He's involved in so many different things, you never know. Because there's always the Stones. But Keith records his own records. Mick records his own records also. How did you meet Garth Brooks initially? Because you were the production uh, manager for Garth. Yes. 1989, there was a guy named Rick Crabtree from Nashville who was the production manager and front of house guy for Ricky Van Shelton. Okay. And they had played at the Kansas State Fair, and I happened to be there for some reason. And I met Rick, and we hit it off, and he knew I had this sound company. And he called me in the fall of 89 and said, listen, I got three shows, um, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Tulsa, and Stillwater, Oklahoma. Ricky's headlining, we're doing these little baseball fields, right? Yeah. He goes, the middle act is a guy named Clint Black, and the opening act is a guy named Garth Brooks. And he go, and I'd heard of Garth and Clint because I'm married to Martina. We listen right. to country radio, you know, and uh, and so I was familiar with with who they were. <clears throat> but I said, great, no problem, let's do it. And at that time, Garth had no. He had the band and his manager Bob Doyle. That's who was on the road and the bus driver. That was it. No crew. So when it came to those three shows. I ended up doing front of house for Garth. One of my guys did monitors, and we hit it off and just really connected. I'm not sure why. And you you're know? best friends now. Oh, well, you I know, mean, we, we you don't hang out every night. But if I if yeah. I got in trouble, that's my first call. You better believe. And he's involved in the Blackbird Academy. Well, with you, um, we're not supposed to talk about it. But oh, yeah, sorry. he is. <laughs> sorry, Garth. Um, so breaking news. <laughs> we, we can't talk about the academy though. The academy is awesome. You've got right across the street here yeah. a, a state-of-the-art facility, hands-on experience. Yep. Um, and they get hands-on experience here at yes. at the actual Blackbird Studio. They get to learn in the rooms where we make hit records every day. Yeah. And is this because you could you couldn't find 
anything quite like this, so you wanted to create your own? What happened was, in 2010, I'll guess, 11, yeah. somewhere in there, I'm up front, Vance Powell and I are hanging out waiting on somebody to bring something, probably puffy tacos, I'm guessing, but whatever, anyway. <laughs> There's four interns up there. We have a lot of interns because we have a lot of rooms and a lot going on. So what do we like to talk about? Well, audio. So these interns are all graduates of different programs. So we ask, what's your favorite kick drum mic? Now, to a, that's like saying, uh, asking you, which golf tournament do you like best? Or, I mean, this is remedial yeah. audio talk. You should be able to speak that language. Yes. Yeah. We did not get a good answer out of any of them. <laughs> One of them, well, I didn't really get to mic a lot of drums. I go, but you graduated? He goes, yeah. And I said, how could you not mic a lot of drums if you've graduated? You know, I, I just couldn't believe it. So I thought, you know what? I can either whine or I can do something about it. And you know how I, I don't mm -hmm. like whiners and yeah. I don't want to be around whiners. So it took a couple of years, but in 2013 we started the school. And I thought, because on top of not getting a proper education at the time for other people, then you're also in debt anywhere from 50 to 250 grand. Sure. And I'm going, this is ridiculous. You're in debt and you don't know what you're doing. Right. And I thought, <clears throat> we have to do something about that. So I had a mantra that we were going for the greatest education in the shortest amount of time for the least amount of money possible. I called a couple of uh, people I know, Mark Rubel, Kevin Becca. Kevin worked for Crass, another school, and he wasn't happy at the time, and he also was the technical editor for Mix. And Tom Kinney, who's the editor of Mix, had said, listen, you've got to call Kevin, and I did. That worked out. Mark Rubel was actually on my first call. I met Mark. He's uh, a bass player. He's been teaching college for 35, 40 years. I mean, he has a recording studio or did up in, in Illinois. Now he has one here. And I called Mark and said, I want to start a school. Will you, will you join me? And he said, yeah. And so that happened in 2013. And now we have a waiting list. And it's, you know, it's crazy. But the most important part of that whole story is I always tell these students, I go, we're not successful unless you're successful. So you need to go out and bust your butt and find a job and we'll help you in any way we can. And they do. You know, especially we have two programs, studio recording, live. The live people are averaging, we're, I think we're at 93% are full-time employed and making good money. And there's a, that number is even going to go up because there's such demand right now for great crew people. Yeah, you have your students that graduates yes. that are now on the road yes, with yeah. major artists. Well, we're going out with and doing some shows with Blake Shelton. There'll be three of our graduates on yep. that tour, maybe four. I, I'm I'm not because there's a couple of acts. I'm not sure they may have one of our guys. Theblackbirdacademy.com for more info. On yeah, that. we'll, we'll yeah. show all the info about that yep. later in the show, like we did earlier. Also, yeah. it's it's a really cool thing. I want to get back to something, and I'm going to use your words, John. You said that you are an emotional cripple. Uh, going back to Garth Brooks. Ask my wife. Garth, <laughs> ask all of our wives. Uh, Garth Brooks is the opposite. Like, Garth Brooks could talk about a cup of coffee and start crying yeah. when you see him interview. But what I've always loved about Garth Brooks is it seems 100% legitimate. 
The it guy is. doesn't fake anything in life. If you see him perform live, right. there's, there, you can't fake no. that level of energy no, and that cannot, level of no. emotion that the guy has. And I'm sure you've seen that firsthand. Well, that I came home from those three shows to Martina and I said, Oh my God, this guy, Garth Brooks, I go, he's fleeing his hat around, he's climbing up on the lighting truss, I go, <laughs> unbelievable. And I heard one song at that point from him, much too young to fill this damn hole, right? Yeah. But I fell in love with the guy, the energy, it's unbelievable. It really is. That reminds me of a story, and I'm going to bring this up real quick, I'll yeah, try to make it fast. I went on CMT sometime in the 90s, and I was getting interviewed about Garth. And the interviewer said, Garth went to college in marketing. Do you think that's his success is due to that marketing education? And I said, you know, go to a Garth show. Beep! If that's marketing. <laughs> and I said, you know, uh, it wasn't happy birthday, but it was two words. Yeah. And the first one started with F, and the second one started with Y. Right. If you think that's marketing, right? And I forgot all about it, you know, did my interview, left. Three, four months later, I'm at home, I'm channel surfing. There I am on CMT. And, uh, and I'd forgotten about the interview because, you know, we're busy and things are going on. You'll forget about this interview the moment you walk out of here, which about, is great. That's how busy you are. This one I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's 30, 45, 60 seconds in, and I hear myself go, Boop, if that's marketing. And I went, oh, and Martina goes, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a call from a couple of buddies of mine that worked at CMT. They told me I was the first person to say that word <laughs> on CMT, and I'm always, I'm, that may be on my tombstone. Actually, I think I'll do ready, fire, aim. That's my life, you know. Well, first we, first like F-bomb on CMT. We like to say John you always McBride. remember your first, right? Yeah, like say that. there it is. CMT's always going to remember John McBride as the first to use the F-bomb. They're engraving on the side of the show. building, much like the Tebow speech at Florida. <laughs> right. you know? yes, yes. Johnny uh, Cash, uh, you opened in 2002. He died uh, in September 2003, but he was here in, in that yes. time. Well, can you, what do you remember about that? Oh, certain people command a presence, you know. And Johnny was one of those. You felt it. If you had never heard of him, never mm -hmm. seen him, you'd go, I'm keeping an eye on this guy because good things are happening or something's going to happen. You know, there are certain people that just have this incredible presence, you know? It's, it's interesting in music. Um, there's a lot of people that don't that still have success, you know? You don't need it to be successful, but iconic type artists are iconic for a reason, and we can't exactly slice and dice it and figure out what that reason is. It's just something you feel. Neil Young's another guy I wanted to ask you about because oh, Neil him. Young hates the way recordings sound. Right, that is his right. whole thing. One day, so I wonder, like, what it's like when he comes to a studio. Knowing that uh, a lot of audio that he hears, he's miserable about. <laughs> he loves our place. Thank God. We have a lot of analog gear. But one afternoon, I'm in here, and the phone rings, and it's a buddy of mine, Nico. He goes, hey, Neil's in town, and he brought this Cadillac. He's got this Cadillac that must weigh 20,000 pounds. I don't know. It's big. <laughs> and he's got this system in there that he wants to play, and let's go drive around with him. So Neil's driving this car. I'm in the back seat, Nico's in the front seat, and it sounds 
amazing. The stereo was incredible, and it really was. But Neil's, you know, doinking around with it. We're swerving all over the road. We're driving around <laughs> Berry Hill. I'm just waiting for us to hit the friggin' police station or something, you know. Thank God nothing bad happened, though. But, no, it was a real, that was a great day that day. I'll never forget it. So uh, we, we've mentioned the microphones behind us are oh, yeah. uh, worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. Um, you, you collect many things. You collect Beatle memorabilia. I didn't realize I was a collector, but I am. What What's but, your favorite piece of Beatles oh. memorabilia? Can you say? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get myself in trouble right now. I have a master tape from Meet the Beatles, and I believe it was from the Scranton, Pennsylvania pressing plant that they used to press the records with all the engineer notes of mm -hmm. when this happened. And of course, I can't find it, so I hope <laughs> EMI doesn't call me because <laughs> rightfully it will be theirs, even though I paid a fortune for it. But it's just that kind of stuff that really trips my trigger. And I say I'm a collector, but I'm not a collector. I'm a, I, I'm a hoarder more than a collector. I don't need if I buy a 59 Les Paul, which is a crazy expensive guitar, I don't care if it's perfect. I don't care if it's all original. Mm -hmm. I care what it sounds like, and that's what matters here. If you put that Beatles uh, master on the market, how, what kind of reaction would there be to its availability? Man, I've never thought about it because I'd never do it, you know? Think of the wings you could add on to the Blackbird Academy <laughs> if you sold that. <laughs> Immediately, there's no financing. You could just take that money and then add on to this building. It'd be building. a skyscraper. It'd be amazing. Well, you know, the Beatles had what was called a rare record, even though it's one of the most common rare records, a butcher cover, where they wore these frocks and they had, like, baby dolls with no heads. And it was like a punk cover in 1966, way before punk. And that cover was immediately banned, and instead of destroying them all, they pasted over a lot of them. And those are called butcher covers. And at one point, I had 340 of them or something. I'm down to about 158 or 159 now. But there are three different versions of that. There's the first state, one that was never altered and made it out of the pressing plant, a second state, which is a paste-over, and a third state, which someone has bought a second state and found a way to peel that top layer off. And then you see the old picture. Yeah, that's it's, hoarding. Yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Are, you, it is. are you down to 158 or 159 because you gave them away? You sold I them? I gave away, yeah, I gave away Merry quite Christmas, a Jack. few. Yeah. yeah, and I um, I sold some. Yeah. I had, at one point, 25,000 vinyl Beetle records at home. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, they live in a little cottage. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up selling half of them to a Japanese record chain. So if you go to Japan and buy a Beatle record, chances are it came it from came through the yeah, yeah, man, Perfect time to the Olympics. Maybe. Good thing there are no fans at the Olympics, otherwise those things would be flying yeah. off the yeah. shelf. Oh, man. John McBride uh, owns Blackbird Studios at the BlackbirdAcademy.com, uh, where we have been doing this show uh, since March the 15th here in Studio G, um, rapid fire here a bit. Okay. Best, what's the, as the husband of a country music superstar in Martina, what's the best after party among all the award shows? Now, you're going and you know everybody and you, you see where I'm going with right. this. What's the award show where people don't have to really 
you don't have to pull their arm or twist their arm to get them to, other than the CMA Awards or something. Right. After any award show, generally the best parties are ones that are at somebody's house. Who throws the best one? Ronnie Dunn, probably. Yeah. Ronnie. I believe that. Yeah. That guy's crazy. He so he's known for he the after party. too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martina, we've had a number of after parties at our house that it's 4 a.m. and I'm going, can I please go to bed? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, but no. But every, when, it, when there's a celebration, everybody usually will partake. And, you know, and the community, you know, there, there's a, the artists, especially in country music, are more closely connected than maybe in other genres. What? How much do you enjoy? So, it, for instance, um, Martina was with Alabama at Bridgestone. I yeah. saw you running the board. Yeah. At the. It, well, you should have come over and hit me in the. Well, head it was a photo. I, was, oh, okay. I saw you running okay. the board though through yeah. the social media account for for Blackbird. Yes. How much do you enjoy that versus in studio production? Man, that's a hard. How one. do you balance it? Well, in your I'm, mind, I'm saying, like, which, which yeah, do you prefer? I love both so much. I mean, I will never retire. I love what I get to do. And I love traveling on the road to get to find all the good food, you know? Yeah. You go to, if we can't go to Atlanta without me hitting the... Uh, varsity. Yeah, the Varsity Chili Cheese Dogs, you know? It used to be L.A., the most important part of it was In-N-Out Burger. Because um, they didn't oh, have them anywhere else at the time. But now they're all the way to Texas, and I'm, I'm glad. Why don't you get one in Nashville? Man, <laughs> I've tried. Get one here. I actually tried, and there's something about not wanting to you actually ship did the meat that far. <laughs> no. Yeah. Man, in Wichita, where I grew up, there's a place called Dog and Shake, and I called that owner and said, you got to open one in Nashville, and they haven't yet. But You had a specific oh, location right around the corner. Man, I'm telling you. Oh, I'll kick half... Yeah, we'll, we'll shut down the school and open, open up a great cheeseburger place. Did you offer no, the, the 25,000 Beatles vibes? No, I did not. <laughs> I've, got some, I've got some albums I can do and when, trade for when I When I got to meet Paul McCartney, the guy that introduced us is a guy named Barry Marshall who promotes most of Paul's shows. And he had promoted some bar shows over in, in England. And so I'd gotten to know Barry, and we were backstage at the, at the Grammys, and, and Barry goes, you want to meet Paul? And I went... Uh, you know, I had mixed feelings because if he was like diss me, I'd want to kill myself. You know, yeah. you wanted to protect the image you had of Paul McCartney. Yes, at all costs. Yes, and so, but I said yes, and <laughs> here he came, and Barry goes, "Hey, Paul, this John, he uh, he's got like twenty five thousand vinyl Beatle records." And Paul goes, "Oh, I wondered where they all went." You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, "Oh, thank you, God. He's a cool <laughs> guy." You know, I'd always heard he was a great guy, but he is. What That's so awesome. you mentioned presence with uh, with Johnny Cash? Yes, I'm curious uh, because you were such good friends with so many people that a lot of people watching, listening would say, "Oh, I'm sure they have a really big presence about them." But you know them so well, so maybe there's some right. distance from it. Right? Was there someone else that maybe surprised you with their presence? Like I'm assuming that Ed Sheeran doesn't possess the same presence as Johnny Cash when you're physically in a room with Ed Sheeran, but right. maybe I'm completely surprised by the fact that. He does have a presence and a charisma about him, or maybe someone that surprised you a bit with their presence. Well, you know, Chris Christopherson, Waylon was the same way, too. I don't know how these guys all got together in one band, but it was amazing, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, that's a tough question, but 
You, you it, it, yeah. When it happens, you know what? From now on, I'm texting you every time yeah. I get impressed like that. Yeah. Because it doesn't happen often. You know, once every few years, maybe. Well, I wonder how much of it's an age thing. You know, like you're going to yeah. be naturally more impressed with someone yeah. your age or older a lot of times, yeah. especially when it's a musical and hero of yours. Left, man. Yeah. So I hear Chris <laughs> Christopherson, I think, well, yeah, he's going to have presence about him yeah. when I hear that name. But well, if I know, think it's someone younger than me, I don't necessarily think of them having a big presence. Anybody who could write Sunday morning coming down, forget it. You're already my hero. Yeah. You know? It's, it's really songwriters have a... There's a thing. Tom Douglas, another great songwriter. This guy writes songs that will make you cry. And that, to me, is the most important time we go in the studio or on the road. The most important thing is always the song. And that's what matters. Did Billy Corgan and Smashing Pumpkins do their latest yes, thing here? Yeah, he they seems did. to be He's kind of the quintessential guy. eccentric yes. uh, guy. And I wonder he is how used to... How used to eccentric people do you get in your kind of? He's job? a big sports guy too. I know, big I know. pro wrestling guy, big yeah. Chicago Cubs fan. I think oh, yeah. huge he's sports fan with uh, wrestling, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. There are, there are. I mean, at the end of the day, people are people. You know, my dad used to say he puts his pants on one leg at a time or whatever. I was always hoping on happy days that Fonzie would have a pair of jeans like pinned up somehow and he put Jump both in. yeah you know but it never <laughs> happened oh well um, people are people and I don't care if you're Paul McCartney or you know a brand new artist anywhere you're you're you have your own set of criteria. Wayne know? in the YouTube chat says, uh, "Can you do this every day on the show?" <laughs> you may be a little bit too busy for that, but he's he is asking if you can join us more often. Tell him I'm a pretty good kisser. Just, no. <laughs> anyway, can I'm, we, I'm kidding. Yeah. Can we get to like I don't know how much you want to say about this. What do you think about the artists or, or literally anybody now? We can set this up at our home. We right. don't want to. Right. We could set this camera up at our yes. home and do a show. Yes. Um, and you can make records at home, no doubt. What when you hear that sound versus what you produce is is it? Well, it's apples and oranges because. We have rooms that were designed to sound great, and about half the time they do, and the other half you just start over. But, you know, the quality of the equipment we use, microphones, compressors, or mic pre's, or different things that are part of the recording process, we've really been able to hone our skills with gear and figure out what works the best. And that's part of the reason come here. Also, Nashville may be the last bastion. Well, this still happens in L.A. or New York, and New York, but not nearly enough, where everybody shows up at the same time to make a record. Records sound better when it's a group of people playing together. You know, they play off each other. And that is part of the magic, you know? Instead of sending... Yeah, His instead of, I'm going to lay down the drums piece. today at home, then I'm going to add the bass, and I'm going to add a guitar part, then we're adding keys, and it's all just perfect mm -hmm. and sterile as hell, you know? You know what surprised me the most? Like, the, just uh, perception for me is artists record at night. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, that's not the case here. No, it This place is packed at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy. 10 to 6 is 
kind of our I mean, busiest day. And you'll let them record whenever, but... Oh, yeah. Some bands come in, though, like Beck. Whenever he's within a few hundred miles of Nashville, they'll book a day, and they'll come in at 10 o'clock at night and stay till 10 o'clock the next night. I mean, they'll wow. never leave, you know. So we have people here all night if we have to, no problem. You know, it's we're a service business. You know, we got to take care of people. You know, it's important. What do you think of the new breaking band, Dad's Acid, featuring Jacob Swanson? <laughs> our uh, man, I've heard our about great them. producer, yeah. yeah. Dad's Acid. Buzz? I want to hear band. it now. No, I want to hear it, man. <laughs> we're actually going to be opening for Ghost uh, and their Scandinavian tour coming up, which you're going to help facilitate. Man. Hey, so um, everything in here is pristine and state of the art. And I, I know you'll take this as a, 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 a f me poking fun a little bit, but also like as a joke. Uh, everything's pristine except for your office. Oh right? my God! It it looks like a tornado hit it. That's you and where Alan, that that hoarder mentality takes yeah. over. I've got stuff in there that I mean I could probably live for a week. There's enough food <laughs> probably laying around. I don't know. It you know what? And I need to fix that and I think about no, it. No, I, I think I think it's God. perfect. Um, and we were trying to figure out what can we what can we get John and, and and Martina and Alan who have been so great to us, Misha, uh, for the last six months, uh, and, and quite frankly gave us an extra week on top of it. Let's just put that out there too. Uh, John McBride is salt of the earth. Very flexible. Uh, yes. What do you get the guy who has everything inside the studio? And just to commemorate the six months of where we hope we're headed, and the fact that we're never going to forget Blackbird. Um, we, we got something first. for the office. Now, you can cover this up, if you'd like, with all the other paper and crap or in your office. Or put it on the wall me? something. Wow. Um, or, or Alan can take it home to the kids. It's up to wow. him, you know what I mean? But um, thank you for everything. Show it to the camera, yeah. if you will. That is beautiful. We've got the Outkick and, and Blackbird logo. Uh, on the guitar again, like um, we could get you a bottle of wine, but you walk in and uh, you know nope. you've got you've got four or five at dinner, so it's hard to get you <laughs> yeah. a bottle of wine. This is going on the wall in my office, <laughs> and it, I will think about you guys every day. Awesome. Well, Alan, we always have you on. We're listening to I, you yeah. anyway, you know, on the cast, and it's it's great. Oh, this is too kind. You did not need to do this. Well, man, well, you've done more than we could ever expect or yeah. ask from anyone. So, well, thank you so much. Hope it looks thank good you. wherever you put it. You know, so what? I, I told you we're going to leave the room as we found it. Uh, these <laughs> these guys are going to make sure of that. Um, but how quickly are the are the new tenants coming? Tenants coming. I don't. In? You know what? I'll have to check and see. We told them, I think the seventh or. I think the seventh. Which Get ready, Reed. I really, <laughs> I really hope that they're scheduled to come in at noon tomorrow, and we actually have to be kicked off the show. And we're having cameras follow us out uh, as we're moving everything out of the studio. You know, the you know what? That's my hope. I'll call Buddy and get back to you, man. Yeah. You know, the, the last studio we were in, um, when we turned in our key cards, it was not a very popular time. Oh, uh, I was really was, pleasant about that. It was quite the moment. This is, what did uh, I say? This is much more, much you more cordial. You made this happen. <laughs> I gave my key card and I said, you made this happen. And I turned my back and walked out. Oh, man. No, my plan is at some point to get you guys back here. You know, we yeah. get a bigger room available. We can do more. It would be fun. It would. And, and come see us. Where, you know, absolutely. You know, uh, I will. We'll have a cocktail. We haven't announced where we're going. We're doing that ah, coming up. So Good, good. 
Well, I can't thank you guys enough for being here. And You're the man. Being the type of people that I just want to hang out with, and that's rare. Keep Same listening. here. Well, that's maybe the greatest compliment we've ever received from you because no. you've got stories for days, and we'd love oh. to hang out with you at any point and hear those stories. Yeah. So uh, thank you. I'm a lucky guy. I've gotten to live some life. You know? And tell Martina we said thank you. I will. I will. And tell She's Martina tour, that, right? uh, that my wife yes. has cooked, I think, at least four different things out of her cookbook oh, yeah. that she gave us that day. We have the great cookbook gift. on display. Uh, on the kitchen island, and we've made multiple things out of that cookbook. And it's and good. Man. And those cookies that she made us—that was a highlight to be able to I'm, say. I'm that not getting paid to endorse that. I'm just telling you, you should buy the Martina McBride cookbook <laughs> collection, the it, entire catalog. It's terrific. It's shocking. I don't weigh 450 pounds. <laughs> no, it really is. It is. John, thank you. Well, thank you thank guys. You got Appreciate it. Appreciate it so much, Paul. Thank you. John Thanks, McBride yes. and Blackbird Studios, theblackbirdacademy.com for more information on the great work they're doing. If you want to go to school and learn the hands-on experience for studio engineering, on-the-road production, they, they do it all, theblackbirdacademy.com. Back with Outkick 360 after this. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.